everyone. Welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. Welcome, everyone. It is so great to come to you again today. And I'm bringing back my fabulous friend, Henry Abuto. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back. This is number six now, episode six. Oh, can you believe it? Number I'm six. It. Wait, five. Wait, no, the other one last week was four. Like, uh, Yeah, it? last week was number four. Relied. I lied. So this is number five. <laughs> this is okay. number five. And I'm so happy that you tuned in. And if you haven't tuned in, last week, Henry and I talked about his battle and his journey with heart issues. And I'm not going to call it heart disease. And he's going to clarify that to you now. But we're going to talk about his recovery. And we were talking to you about your heart. And go back and listen if you have not. But you were a candidate for a new heart. That is correct. And it was such a weird feeling. Um, Thank you for having me on again, by the way. I enjoyed our talk last time, and I look forward to wrapping that up today. Well, wrapping up is what you and I could do, right? Which would be 10 more conversations, but condensing it today. Condensing it, which is tough. It's tough for us because y'all, if you, if you've listened for a long time, you were on number 61, 73, 77 last week, this week. And are you coming back next week? I mean, you know, I just be (laughs) rotating. I'll just be hanging out in the lobby. If you need somebody to fill in, I'll just pop right on it. How about that? (laughs) Well, let me fill you in again before, before we move on. Henry has a podcast. He has a Baiwasanga, which is a fabulous event and catering business. Um, He's a storyteller and he is my friend. So welcome back. And we are so excited that you are sharing your journey. When I called you a few weeks ago or texted you and said, would you mind sharing? Because having um, cardiac arrest Mm -hmm. and being in a coma is quite... um, I, I went to your re your 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 birth party. Yes, my what, what, first. what did that we was call so sweet. it? So I called it my new birthday. So on the one year anniversary of me waking up from a coma, I got some of my closest and nearest friends and loved ones, which Tiffany's a part of. And I just had a hey, let's celebrate one year of just rebirth and reborn and getting a second chance at life. That's not not nothing's promised to any of us to begin with. And so that could have ended my life. It should have ended my life. And I am here and I just want to celebrate that. So thank you for coming out and just thank you for being such a sweet part of my journey and my story. Well, you're so welcome. And you know, uh, people need to hear this because I have said this for years. This podcast is three years old and and I have said this for years. We have one body. Y'all, you better take care of it. There's no redos. I mean, you had a reborn basically, but you've got to take care of your body. No. Yeah. No. Tiffany's so correct, y'all. It's like you have one body. And do the best you can to take care of it and nourish it because it's trying to keep you alive. It's trying to keep you going. So thank you for having me back on to talk. When you called, I saw you on those people. I saw Tiffany Black on a call ID. I'm like, I always answer. I always call. Always <laughs> yes, because you're just one of those people that I just love so dearly. And that's old school if you call. I know. I, I hate when people don't answer. Their, I can't handle it. <laughs> My generation, millennials and Gen Z, they're afraid of their phones. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'd rather, it's like yesterday when you texted, uh, do you have a few minutes chat? I was like, I can call right now. Because like, instead of taking hours to text, we handled it in a five-minute conversation. Sure. Uh, anyway, sorry. I could go on around. We digress, which we're very, very <laughs> yes. good at that. If but, you go back and listen to episode 61, that's uh, two hours that long. That was just a fabulous episode. <laughs> um, but in the journey of my health, as we talked about last episode, I went to sudden cardiac arrest. I was in a coma. My heart stopped. I found out I was in heart failure. And mm-hmm. it led to me needing a heart transplant. The doctors were like, hey, Mr. Buto, you 
are in heart failure, your heart is not going to recover on its own. There was a 3% chance that my heart would recover. Uh, my original heart that I was born with, which is so weird to say. And at that point in time, there was a lot of feelings that come with that. Cause it's like, okay, in order for me to live, someone has to die. And just thinking through that. And then I have to get my chest cut open, my organ being taken out and someone else's organ taken out of their body and being put in my heart. It was such a mind trip that I was like, how am I ever going to wrap my head around this? Stop. Say that again. Yeah. Wait a minute. Okay. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy? Say that again. That is. Yeah. For you to live in order for me to live someone else has to die oh and that was such a weight and uh, the only thing that kind of gave me comfort in the middle of all that was like well henry this person elected to be a donor in the event that their life was no longer viable um and that's still such a weird thing to think through because like one what a gift organ donation is um and what a life-saving opportunity that people get to have so my sister had always said um I will never gonna sign to be an organ donor because if something happened to me, the doctors wouldn't keep me alive. They just wanna donate my organs to other people. So she was always paranoid and said that. And then she saw how hard the medical team, the staff, the nurses, the doctors, the techs, how hard they fought to keep me alive and like save my life that immediately she was like, um, she went online and became an organ donor. She's mm -hmm. like, if they fought that hard to keep you alive, then I know that like, if, they're gonna, if something happened to me, they did everything they could, and then they decided to donate my organs. And so, you know, um, I have never even thought about this. And I remember getting my my license, you know, my mm -hmm. my permit. And when I was fifteen, it's, of course I'm going to be a, an organ donor. Mm -hmm. Of course, I've, and and you know, at that age, do you really know what that's what yeah. we're talking about? I know they do now. The kids yeah. are just much. There seems to be so much more brilliant than I was back then. But um, I don't think twice about it. What mm -hmm. did you? I have always uh, been an organ donor, um, but it's not something I ever thought, oh, that's realistically going to happen to me or something sure. I'm never going to need or going to give. But um, like, oh, like, yeah, I'd give you my kidney or I'd give you something like, you know, we all have relationships that we say that to and whatever, like you'd give Greg your kidney or something or your daughter, like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's like to think of doing that for a stranger. It's such a selfless thing and it's such mm -hmm. a gift. And I'd even always said to my sister um, that. Because when something happens to you and you can't speak for yourself, either legally or medically, your next of kin is who speaks. So for you, that'd be your husband and then mm -hmm. Kennedy. And then it goes on your maternal side. So for me, it's my sister, since my mom's not in the country. Sure. My sister's my next of kin and then my siblings. And then, uh, but my brothers, I would say are not very rational people. I've always joked that. And then my <laughs> sister, for years, Tiffany, we've said it for our whole lives. And I was like, she says, if you're ever in a coma, I would never unplug you. She's always said that because of what if she recover? And then so I got a medical file of attorney a couple of years ago that made my sister not my next of kin. So my one of my best friends, Robert, is my medical next of kin. My best friend, John, is my next of kin. Wow. And then so whenever my heart attack, sudden cardiac arrest happened, um, they were like, what are Henry's wishes? And I just happened to email, because every December I update my wishes. for every, I've done that for years. Call me morbid, call me a planner. But planner. so, yeah. And so if anything happens, there's a red binder at my desk, go, go to it. Whatever I'd want happen, happen. Luckily, my friends went, they knew where to go. And I just emailed a copy of it to my best friend, John. And so he was like, all right, well, I'm Henry's pa medical power attorney alongside his sister and his best friend, Robert, who happened to be a doctor. Thank God. Mm. And so my sister was like, what if it had been 30 days? I would have to unplug you. Because like that's what your wishes were. And I was like, yeah, and then donate my organs. And so I'm so glad that I had those uh, things in place. And I'm so grateful 
to still right. be here and that those things did not have to happen. But always have a medical plan too as well. It's important to touch on. But, um, and so I, they tell me your heart is probably not going to recover in its own. It's like statistically impossible that your heart's going to recover in its own. You're going to need a heart transplant. And I'm kind of wrapping my head around that, like I said. And uh, it led me to start thinking through, gosh, how many people are just dealing with heart issues that don't know? And what are the statistics? And what are the numbers? And what are the barriers to either getting care? And what prevents people? So I started really thinking about what is this thing that is heart health in our bodies? And last month, February, was Heart Awareness Month and Heart Health Month. And so the past two years has become so important to me, just learn to educate people. And I think this is so wonderful that we are sitting down and having this conversation. And last February, Tiffany did something similar and had doctors on every week for the month yeah. of February, and they talked about heart health. So go back and listen to those contain a lot of factual information that I think would be beneficial for people mm -hmm. because so many people just don't know they don't and know. don't have access to know. And Tiffany had doctors on. So hello, free doctors. Yes. Listen to episodes. And you know what? Women, women put themselves on the back burner. Mm -hmm. They really, really because do. Because y'all take care of everybody else yeah, and everything fine. else. Yeah. We're fine. And there's so many young mothers that, this, oh. that, that the doctors, the physicians, cardiologists was sharing with me that there's so many women because it is the number one killer of women. And you would be like, what? Are you kidding me? But it's true. It's, it's true. Yeah. You know, genetics, diet, health. I mean, all the all so the many factors for sure. But I mean, and you just also take care of alongside people of color, specifically women of color, do not get taken seriously by medical professionals. And women, the people often think y'all are lying or make or exaggerating with your pain or whatever is going on. And so, just things like that, uh, unfortunately, affect women, specifically women of color more than they do men. And then people of color in general also disproportionately affected by medical issues and stuff like that for a various number of reasons. But um, I mean, I found out, Tiffany, that over or close to 50% of people in this country deal with some sort of cardiovascular disease or issue. And it is more costly than any other medical issue that we deal with in a country in a uh. year. And 600,000 people die from heart-related issues each year. And so many of them are preventable if you just routinely go to the doctor, get physicals. And like, well, there's a lot of things we can't control, right? You and I individually cannot control how much healthcare costs and whatever oh, and whatnot. Yeah. But we can get a blood pressure cuff at Walgreens and once a year, at least, at very minimum, you should have your blood. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, my blood, well, now I go to the doctor so much, my blood, I don't, I'm aware, I could tell you my blood pressure sitting here. Right. But um, most people don't check their blood pressure. Like blood pressure is one, they call it a silent killer because by the time it leads into your heart and heart disease, it's almost too late because like if you were having heartburn, you'd know that. Mm -hmm. But if you have high blood pressure, you don't necessarily know that just by sitting here and talking. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they call it a silent killer. It is. Um, there's that just screenings that people don't go to. I mean, even before my heart health happened, because I've always been an athlete in shape, young, and they told me those were all factors that led to my uh, great recovery was because of those factors. But I mean, the last time I'd had a physical before 2021 was 2015 or yeah, 2014 Too before late. that. So it'd been Too seven long. years between me having a physical. That's wild That's that we have this one body and one opportunity to take care of it. And I can go for seven. I mean, I, now saying it sounds crazy to right, me that right. I would literally not. That sounds I can't even think of not going to doctor for seven months now. Right. That sounds crazy to me. Right. And so, but at least once a year, we should all find some way to go. And there's affordable health care clinics. The city does them. Like, look up your county, your areas. 
There's health clinics throughout. There's organizations that help with it. It's not impossible. It's difficult, yes, for some people, but getting health care is not impossible. So I don't want to diminish the fact that it's not, uh, that it's an easy thing. I don't want to diminish, diminish the fact that it's hard. But I'm sorry, it's hard. But you know what's really hard? Being on the other side of medical issues and having to deal with the enormous debt that people go into, that is another crippling factor. Um, the, I mean, people lose their homes. I mean, it's just crazy what like bad health can cascade into all these oh. issues that people just aren't aware of. And then before you know it, what could have been managed by, um, and I do not, I'm not diminishing anything. I want to reemphasize that, but what could have been managed by a better care of yourself, better listening to your body, better diet, walking a mile a day, doing just little things, Moving. being active. I mean, movement is so key to blood flow. I can't overemphasize it. I'm, I'm gonna, girl, I'm gonna get on my soapbox. <laughs> but I mean, it's just so crazy. And it's, and also knowing um, your family history. And like, I come from a culture of just Kenya that uh, unfortunately medical technology is not advanced as here. And so, like, family history, like, people don't really go to the doctor that much there unless something is gravely mm. ill. Sure. Um, and then, just for me, the previous generations here, there's a lot of stigma about asking about family health and history. And, I mean, how often did you sit around with your parents talk about, what did Uncle so-and-so die of, or what was this? Or right. Just, but it's so important to get a comprehensive, like, okay, on my mom's side of family, we deal with heart issues, or this cancer on my dad's side of family, or this, because genetic markers are not everything, but they are determiners of what you're either going to deal with later on in life and the more actively and sooner you are aware of them, the better you can get on down the road. Um, because for me, one of the factors that is now coming to light, so there was no, still, it's still been inconclusive as to what caused my heart failure. Mm -hmm. So there was no, it wasn't like heavy drug use or any drug use, excuse me. <laughs> but I was like, I don't want listeners thinking I'm over here doing anything. Yeah, no. <laughs> I enjoy my wine and my Prosecco. And that is about it over here in this body. But, oh, um, careful. Yeah, exactly. I don't need your listeners writing in. Um, that Henry Buto. Yes. Yeah. It's like, Stephanie, watch him over there. But it's, uh, so there was no known markers or, hey, what happened or this is what caused it. So they think mine was a genetic mutation. Mm. And genetics often hereditary, mm -hmm. which genetics are hereditary, but even genetic mutations often based on some sort of passing down and looking. So I was got to talking to my mom and one of her brothers had passed away. And I remember I was alive when he passed away, but he had certain heart issues. I remember him going to India to have surgery and didn't know what happened. My, there's no doubt my older brother in Kenya, he's no doubt in heart failure just because of his lifestyle and his, his is alcohol abuse, but genetics also contributed to that. Like sure. if, my mom's brother, somebody else in the family, then now me. DNA. It's, yeah, it's like there's something in the DNA. And so mine, although it came back inconclusive, like I did all sorts of genetic testing last year. And they wanted they wanted me to do that and they pressed on it because uh, they wanted to test my siblings and their kids. Like, hey, if mm -hmm. Uncle Henry's going through this, there's 10 nieces and nephews who need to get screened yeah. if there's some known marker. And so luckily nothing's come back, but they're going to keep my record for 10 years and keep updating it because science and news and genetics and the information we have changes every day. And right. so. So let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. So um, the Black Heart Association, uh, did you learn or can you share black men? Are they at higher risk? Uh, yes, it's insane. So I got contacted by the Black Heart Association probably this time last year. Okay. Um, Heart Awareness Month um, or in the spring last year. And uh, 
So I was remember I was sitting in traffic and I was talking to this wonderful lady. I was driving back from a doctor's visit actually in Dallas. And she was just kind of running me. And I consider myself a fairly educated person. I'm aware of things. I like to keep up. But there was, I was just like, I mean, my mind was blown. I was like, oh my gosh, black the Black community is disproportionately affected. And then statistically, Black men are such at a higher risk for heart disease and heart failure. And I was just like, oh my gosh, yeah. why is this not more talked about? Why do mm-hmm. we not know? And it goes back to what you said in the previous episode about men don't want to seek information out sometimes because they're scared or they're afraid. Sure. Or, I mean, yeah, like I told you about my brother, he just didn't want to deal with bad news. It's like, so what? It's here. And people who delay dealing with things, yeah. it's like, it's, it's not going to change no. anything. The only thing that can change is the outcome of that you could be better sooner and mm-hmm. you could save your own life. That's it. It's absolutely yeah. right. And so I got to, I got in a bit of a partnership with them just doing some, they have a mobile bus that they take to yes. uh, um, neighborhoods and clinics and just to get screened and mm-hmm. see. And so it's wonderful. Um, and organizations like that, like the Black Heart Association, they do a lot of education in inner city areas and just low income neighborhoods and schools. Mm-hmm. But then they just do it for like they have. I've, I wish I'd have brought the information and link it, but I'll mention maybe you can put it in the show notes like sure. to find out more information and link here. Um, and so that was just really eye opening. And unfortunately, I hate that it took like something happening to me for me to care about it, which is often how things are in all our lives. But it's like these are things we should care about because they affect our loved ones, they affect your friends, your family, your coworkers, your spouses, your children. So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So you were a candidate for Heart. What was the catalyst that you did not need? Because that was a glorious day. Yeah. You so, didn't need a, a new heart. Yeah. Let's jump back into that recovery aspect of mine. Thank you for giving me a window to <laughs> give all the facts and stats and all the knowledge I've learned. I feel like I could be a cardiologist um, after the past two years. <laughs> I am joking. I cannot be one. But yes. I do know a lot more than a normal person about the human heart now. Self-proclaimed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I will have friends who text me, hey, this is going on. What is this? And I'm oh. like, go to the doctor. Go to the Your doctor. level's high. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm not giving you medical advice besides go to the doctor. But so, like I mentioned earlier, they said my heart had a 3% chance of recovering on its own. As we've talked about, I'm a believer. And so I told the doctors, I was like, I serve a God at 3% chances. I told the doctor that. But then obviously, listen to your doctors and professionals, people. I cannot stand when people think they know more than medical professionals Mm -hmm. and doctors. I'm like, they went to school for this. They studied this crap, okay? They know it. (laughs) That like, um, And so the doctor's like, we're going to put you on meds. Um, So I take nine pills a day now. You still do. mm -hmm. So it was at 12 when I first started, 12 or 13. Now I'm down to nine. So medication. And so medication extremely expensive. Let's just take care of your body, y'all. It is oh, not worth it. Yeah. I pay $15,000 a year for my prescriptions. It's insane. Nice. <laughs> so I did the math the other day. I was like, oh my gosh. Pharma. Yeah. Right now. That is more than my car. <laughs> so, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Truly. So medication. The medications. And then it really worked out in my favor that I was young or am young. Um, I've never had any health issues prior. I've never even been hospitalized prior. In 30 years, I've never been like had a hospital stay until then. Um, so you're healthy. So I was relatively healthy. I ate. I was in shape. I was mm-hmm. active. All important things that we all should be doing. And so those really worked in my favor. And it's crazy how much just staying active and keeping yourself relatively in shape 
will do wonders for your health. So the doctor said, so that was a whole year of meds. I had a couple of different surgeries. Oh, I was about to, I forgot about the camera. I was about to, I mean, I think you've seen it, the scar. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So then they placed some stuff. And Got then, your war wounds. Yeah. They went in here, 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 and here. Wow. So I had a couple of different surgeries called ablations. Mm. Um, which is just wild. They can take a laser and go behind Mm-mm. my heart Don't through my neck. I know it's, it's crazy. crazy. And I'm not a doctor. But, <laughs> um, and so those things and just keeping routine, my heart managed to recover on its own a couple of weeks ago, or not a couple of weeks ago. It was when we had the snowstorm, whatever, in the yeah. Texas house yeah. um, earlier this year. I was in the doctor's office that Monday and he walks in and he's like, Mr. Buto, your heart has completely recovered. What? And I was like, what? Yeah, that was exactly what I said. And I had him repeat it three times because he basically walked in and said, oh, it's cold outside is how he said it so casually. And I was like, oh my gosh, what? And I just was like, what? He's like, yeah, some of your levels look better than mine. And he said, I was wearing a Biosonga sweatshirt. So he's asking me about work. I'm like, can we go back to what you just said about my heart recovering on its own? Unbelievable. Like, that's kind of like, don't bury the lead here. But um, so sometimes hearts, because the heart is a muscle. And like when you work out, right, your muscles get stronger. And so my heart got stronger through absolutely the incredible work of my medical team and the staff and doctors and meds, as crazy as meds are in this country, as crazy as pharma is in this country, mm-hmm. the meds worked and my overall health worked in my favor. And so I'm still on, there'll be certain meds that I'll need to be on for the rest of my life. But the goal is to maybe get me from nine of them into maybe four or five and i'm sorry if taking nine pills a day keeps me alive and going a lot longer i will take them exactly (laughs) um, exactly so then you is it is it a process you're on a list and then you just thank goodness you're yeah so yeah getting a heart transplant is actually really it's difficult in this country because you have to meet certain requirements like you have to be healthy for a certain amount of time in terms of like after you get put on or to get even put on the list Okay, this person, are they going to make it? Can they survive a heart transplant? Because it's a very intense surgery. You get an organ removed and an organ put in. Can they survive? What does your support system look like? Mm -hmm. Does this person have friends, loved ones, family who will take care of them during their recovery? What does their emotion, I had to get psych screening, psych evals, like what do their psych evaluations look like? Like, are they suicidal? Just things that you want, like, can they withstand this mentally? What do their finances look like? Because a heart transplant costs $1.2 million. Oh, <laughs> so, my goodness. I mean, yeah. I mean, my 11-day stay in the hospital was $363,000. So, I mean, I mean, good grief. Yeah, there's just so many factors that go into it. And then are they going to find a match for you in time? Like, Because hearts have to be the right size, the right blood type, ah. the right – all so many things have to line up for you to get a heart. And I – through that ordeal, when I thought I was gonna get our heart, I was gonna have to have a heart transplant. I got connected to a young man here in Fort Worth, about my age, um, who's thirty-two, I guess, a year, year younger than me. But he had heart transplant. Mm. Um, so he, healthy guy, works in a factory. One day, he didn't know, but he had heart disease and then had a heart attack, and then just led to all sorts of things. And a seventeen-year-old wrestler died, and he got the seventeen-year-old wrestler's heart. Um, and so it was such a bittersweet thing to just talking to him. And it's like, he's so grateful for the chance of life, but just seeing his relationship with his heart donor's family. Yeah, it was, uh, it was very, and I was like, oh my gosh, if I have to go through this, I don't even know what that would be. And so as I sit here, I luckily currently don't have to go through that. And uh, hopefully that yeah. one heart I have will keep beating and keep going. It is. But yeah. 
that's it, what we're praying and hoping for. And that's what I'm saying. It is. Believing. It is. You know, um, I, I was, I was thinking about that. Can you choose your donor? Can you, can you, you know, but it, it's a match. Yeah, it's you a have match. to match. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many factors that go in to that. So many. I mean, it's like, it's real. I mean, yeah. it is, it is. Well, I mean, I'm, it's just crazy. I am yeah. so happy you're here. Thank and, you. Me too. And you, you made it. You beat it. I made it. I mean, like it's because what happens when you get such devastating news is I start thinking. I even remember when I woke up from my coma. It's like um, a couple of weeks later, I left the house for the first time because, like, I mean, you know, none of y'all saw me for months. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, I'm house arrest. Rightfully sure. so. But um, you know what I did enjoy in that period? Everybody took speaking of phone calls, like we were saying earlier. Uh, I could call anybody and no matter what time they answered the phone call. Of course call. we did. <laughs> of course. Were quick. Of course like, we did. Yes, you so know, sweet. that's what we do. Yes. But I remember just like going through that taught me to just remember then take in the little joys in life. I remember holding my nephew at his first birthday. And I was like, man, three weeks ago, I was in a coma, not sure. I had woken up from coma. Didn't know if I was going to make it to George's first birthday. And I get to be at his first birthday. And he just turned two a couple of months ago. And I got to be there. And I get to see my nieces graduate high school in a couple sure. of months. And it's just these everyday things that like, I got a new sense of just gratitude for that. That's the word. Yeah, gratitude. I know that's the word you love. And so. It is. And I'm just so thankful that. I have this body and this health, and I'm so glad that you are someone who you keep saying health is wealth, and we have mm. this one body that you can't afford to not take care of. No, you yeah. just can't. And and the aging process is tough on your body, yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, I have people tell me all the time, "Gosh, I can't believe X, Y, Z," yeah, because you're so healthy. Exactly. It happens. It happens. Oh. It happens. I know. And, and and we we really can't choose our, our DNA and our no. and our genetics. So I wish we could. So I, have you talked about this on your podcast? You know, actually I have it. And so this is the first because Tony and I have touched on it. Yeah. But and I shared that. so we recorded after <clears throat> the hospital, maybe about a month after. So we did our episode because we're in the middle of our season and the show must go on, right? So I was like, here I am in sweatpants. Well, I'm always in sweatpants. But here I am not feeling well. I still, I think I still had like stitches and staples mm-hmm. when we recorded. But I was like, the show must go on. And as someone who's a storyteller, for better or for worse, I've elected to be that person. So yeah. I was like, let me take people on this journey. So we did talk about it here and there. But it's been, it's hard for Tony to talk about it just because he was so scared. Yeah. And then for me, I can talk about it because... For the first couple of months, it felt like I was talking about someone else's life and not my own because it was exactly. so surreal. I was so it was an out of body experience, an out of body, just mind thing. But so this is the first in depth conversation I've had sitting down with someone about it. So I'm Leave glad it, it to was me. You. Yes. Leave when it you to called, me. I was like, you know what? It's time. Let it's me go. It's time to talk and about it. Something I want to touch on, um, if you'll indulge me, is CPR. The importance of knowing CPR. Yes. Do you know that nine out of ten people who go into cardiac arrest die? If you're not in the hospital, nine out of 10 people going to cardiac arrest outside of the hospital die because no one around them knew CPR. And so learning CPR saved my life. We Like we mentioned last episode, saved Amari Hamlin's life, that someone was there who knew CPR. Yes, football um, player, and, NFL player. Uh, yeah, so I got CPR certified, and mm-hmm. my goal is to get 400 people CPR certified. And so if anybody wants to get CPR certified, go to the American Heart Association, type in your zip code. And they will tell you classes, trainings, yep. anywhere. And it's just something we all should know. It is. Yeah. And it's, and it's um, you know, it just, 
I'm CPR trained and yeah, I used so. to teach fitness classes, mm-hmm. so I just kept it up. But um, yeah, it, it takes time and energy, but it's what you give back because who knows? Hopefully that. someone would do it to yeah, me. Yeah, right? absolutely. I don't know, and there is a correct way and it's changed through the yeah. years. It really has changed. I remember many years ago when my 20s yeah. getting a CPR training. <laughs> so yes, we will all do that. But you know, you and I both um, are an advocate in health and, and we are influencers too. And so we want to really spread the word that yeah. health is wealth. Health is wealth. Oh I my know. gosh. Hey, there's yeah. a title. I know. How's your <laughs> podcast? If you're y'all go to um on the same page podcast is Tony and uh Henry's podcast and um it is hysterical. Thank you. They will send me snippets and clips oh, from yes, time to we time. We love <laughs> Tiffany. We love Tiffany Blackman over it on the same page. She as we say she's a friend of the show. Wow. Of ours, a friend of the show. Well thank you so much for being here thank you and for having sharing me. your journey and sharing your story because I know it's not easy, but you know, may save a life. I mean, and if that's the thing is, if anything we're doing, because like you said, influences like that term gets thrown around and whatever okay. connotations are attached to it. But what if you can influence someone's life in a positive way, it's worth it. It's worth everything you do, everything I do, because sometimes you don't know whose life you're touching and you're impacting. And you have touched many people's lives. So. Absolutely. You know, and you're the same. So yeah. so it's true. I know that word gets tossed around, but it's okay. You know, content creator. No, I am telling you to go get CPR yeah. certified, everyone. And hey, while you're at it, follow. We've got in all the show notes, all of the things that we're talking about. And um, follow by Wasanga is your company mm-hmm. at Henry and Buto and then on the same page podcast. And, you know, we are on YouTube now, so you're seeing our fabulous yes, faces. Uh, we had to sit up straight all of a sudden. But <laughs> um, we're on the YouTube. And what I need you to do and everyone to do is go and subscribe because you're listening. I can see you're listening and, and you're watching. So go and subscribe, rate, and review. And um, everyone follow along at Tiffany C. Blackman on Instagram and all the things. I'm just not that hard to find and uh, again thank you for coming i love you friend i love you friend thank you for having me yeah everyone have a fabulous day and you know what keep being fabulous